0: Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. With eggs, you let that bad boy boil under water with soap. And then you proceed to clean it until the odor of the egg is gone. And then, my friends, you have cleaned that dish. I am a prof- I'm a professional wash. Dish wa- dish wa- I no longer make excuses to do the dishes. I am a professional. I, am a prof- I no longer say I cannot do the dishes because I just finished eating and I have to rest. I no longer say, excuse me, baby, I got to go to the bathroom. That food was so good. I no longer say, baby, I am, no, I cannot, can you just leave the dishes there and I will do them next week. No, I no longer say those things. I am a, seven years, seven years and I am a professional dishwasher. But there was a time where washing the dishes was of great drama, conflict and consternation in my marriage. I tell you, there was some, there was some, there was some, epi- I mean, so much so that as I was preparing for this message, I go to my wife, I said, honey, can, can you tell me if there was a time that I've ever broken a promise or ever you broken a promise? I need an illustration where I've broken a promise, and she says, oh, what do you mean like when you used to promise to do the dishes? And I used to beg you to please do them and do not leave them overnight and you used to say, yes, I promise I will do it. And then you would say that you would declare that it was going to be done before the morning and I would wake up in the morning and they were there. I said, I'm so glad we've gone to counseling for the last two years. (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord. It was a time where doing the dishes was uh, uh, of trouble. And and what would happen was that I would tell my wife, I'd be like, hey, baby, it's okay. Like, I'm going to do the dishes. Don't worry about it. And she'd be like, and when I say I was going to do the dishes, I'm going to say I'm saying I was going to do my dishes. Okay? Because those are the only dishes in the sink. Anyhow, I say, honey, I know it's not my spiritual gift, but I will do the dishes because I'm part of this marriage. And she's like, "Baby, you promise that you're gonna do the dishes." I'm like, "Baby, I'm gonna. Baby, I got you, girl. My word, all the men is my bond." I say, "Yo, my word is my bond. Those dishes, yo, baby, baby, baby. Those dishes tomorrow, gone. And then I will fall asleep on the couch." But what also happen is that she would come to me every like two, after, after that happened a couple of times, baby, baby, it's been two hours and you still haven't done the dishes. Baby, baby, I got you. I'm going to do the dishes. All right, all right. Two hours later, here we go. Baby, she like chilling by the, like the, the door. Baby, hey, honey, what's up? Baby, you promise you promise. I've been told, this is after, you know what I mean, this is like after the fifth year. Before it was like, yo, why are you not doing the dishes? Hey, hey. Why are you not doing the dishes? But after five years, it was just like, baby, baby, are you, are you really going to do the dishes? Are you promise? Like you promise? Baby, I got you. I got you. I ain't going to break my word. And... I will fall asleep on the couch. (laughs) And here's what I think. I think, have you ever had someone make a promise that they didn't deliver on? Right? Like, if if you have lived long enough, if your answer to the question is, no one has broken a promise in my life, it means that you're three years old and you should be at Kuhau Kids right now. But if you've lived long enough, you know that promises are going to be broken and And when I think about that, I also think about how often we take our life experience with humanity, and if we were honest, sometimes we actually project that on God, don't we? Like we'll project that on God. It's like God will make a promise to us, and what we'll do is that because promises have been broken in our lives, we will take that same mentality and we will project that same experience on God. And so because God has promised something, there is a possibility by chance somehow that God may not come and deliver on his promise. But I just think this is a good moment to begin to declare to this church that in the same way the song says, the promise still stands. When God makes a promise to you, I want to let you know that it's an iron clad guarantee that when God makes a promise, he will not fail on his promise. He will not falter on his promise. But if God makes a promise over your life, you can take it to the bank. Because if God promises it, God will fulfill it. In fact, the Bible says that he's not a man that he should lie. It says That God is not a human being. His decisions will not change. If he said he will do something, then he will do it. This is what Numbers chapter 23 says. It says, if he said he will do it, if he makes a promise, then he will do what he promised. I think somebody needs to hear that today. Because I think on a personal level, there's many people in this room that you feel that God has given you a word. He has spoken over your life. He has spoken over your family. He has spoken a word over your your husband. He has spoken a word over your wife. He has spoken a word over your children. And you're looking around and you're saying, God, uh, are you going to do the dishes, God? God, are you going to make this happen, God? God, you promised me my husband. God, you promised me my wife. God, you promised that this was going to happen, God. God, I don't see it, but I want to let you know today, maybe you just need to hear it once again, that if God declared it over your life, if he said that he was going to save your husband, if he said... That he has the wife of your dreams. If he said that he had a calling so grand, so expansive, so amazing, that if he said it, it's just as if as if he has done it, and the same God who declares it is the same God who will guarantee it. This is the God that we serve, he's a God of of the promise. The promise still stands. But sometimes I have an issue if you're like me. Like, don't you just wish that when people promised you something, you wouldn't have to wait for it? Like, of the things thing that like, my wife used to tell me, like, listen, listen, I'm okay if, if, if I'm okay if you don't say yes to this. Like, just don't tell me you're going to promise me to do something. Like, I'd rather you not tell me you're going to do it. Right, right? R- relax, Sheila. Relax, Sheila. <laughs> oh, my God. <gosh. laughs> Sheila's like, I'm going to write this down. I love you, Sheila. I was just so classic. Like, like, please, please, like, I don't care that you don't do it. Just don't tell me you're going to do it and, and not do it. Like, I'd rather just you not tell me. And sometimes I feel like it was like that with God. Like, God, I just, I wish you just would do what you said you were going to do without telling me that you were going to do it. Because at least I wouldn't have this expectancy of me becoming or me expecting or me receiving or me having. I just, I'm just, i just going to get it. Like, because what God does is that he'll give you a lotto ticket and he'll tell you, hold that. Like, just give me the lotto ticket when it's time for me to cash it. Because I want the promise to be declared. And my very next step is the promise to be manifested. Right? Right? Like, that's what I want. Like, I have issues with God's promise, but God, classic God. No, 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 classic God, right? Classic God. He'll, he'll give you that lotto ticket. He'll tell you this is the winning lotto ticket. And he'll tell you, hold it. Wait on me. Terry, stay right there. Hold it. Wait on me. Stay right there. He'll tell Noah, hey, it's going to rain. Now, wait on me. He'll tell Abraham when he is sterile, he cannot have kids. He'll tell Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. He says, look at the stars. Can you count them? No, that's how many kids will come out through your generation. And and he's like, "Uh, God, uh, I I stopped working like 10 years ago. I don't know if this could happen. God is saying, look, look at the stars. Those, Those will be like your generation. Wait a while. He'll tell David When he's a little boy you are ordained to be king you're anointed to be king and david doesn't see that until decades later like i just wish that god would you know like you know just god like promise boom amazon package right there not 24 hour delivery like boom 24 minutes no forget it 24 second delivery am a god right there boom That's what I wish would happen. Just right package. Like, I put something, like, on, like the other day, I promise you. Like, I, I ordered something on Amazon. Boom. I said, bye. I walked out my house. It was right there. I was like, this thing is just out of this world. <laughs> like, this is like the Illuminati or something. Like, they knew what I was going to choose before I chose it. And they... Del- I, I wish God was like that sometimes. I wish that it would be like God would... Declare something over your life, and declare something over your marriage, and declare something over your finances, and declare something. And you're just like, okay, it's there. And I, but I'm looking at my husband, and he just doesn't add up. And I'm looking at my job, and it just doesn't add up. And I'm looking at my children, and I'm saying, God, your promise still stands. God, your promise still stands. But but here's here's what I want to give you, because this is what happens throughout the Bible. See, God, it's in this moment. Between the promise made and the promise manifested, that God changes your focus from what you are receiving to becoming the recipient that's prepared for what you're receiving. See, I think many times if God were to deliver to us what the promise was, but we are not prepared or ready or are the proper recipients to receive what God has for us, it's in this season that God is preparing us to become the proper recipient for what it he has he has for us I I, I stopped fighting God. I stopped fighting God to have a license to do something. I stopped fighting God to have something earlier than its time. I stopped fighting God. I said, God, if I don't have it, maybe it's because I'm not prepared for it. And if I I don't have it, it just means that you're preparing me for something better, for something greater. But guess what? Because what? Because if God gives you something earlier than your level of spiritual maturity, it will destroy you rather than bless you. And it will not be a gift to you. It will be a curse. I wish I wish someone would help me preach here. And so he tells the people of Israel they're on a journey. It says after the death of Moses, the servant of God, God spoke to Joshua, Moses, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant is dead. Get going, cross the Jordan River. here's what's happening. Their people of Israel are coming out of something. I want to, I want you to write this word, these two words down. Say, come out. See, in order for you to walk into what God has promised you, the people of Israel, before they could ever walk into the promised land, they had to come out of something. And many times we want to walk into something, but we want to bring into what God has for us, what God is trying to pull out of us. Someone shout, come out. See, in order for God to bring you in, he wants to bring you out of something. See, in order for the people of Israel to walk into their promised land, they had to come out of Egypt. Are you hearing me? And, God, and you're saying, God, I just want to go into the promised land and say, God, God is saying, Yes. Yeah, step one, here it goes, come out. Look at the person next to you, tell them, come out. Tell them, come out. See, God wants you to walk into your promised land, but he wants you to leave your land of slavery. See, life is about seasons. Life is about seasons, and many times we get stuck in a season. Hmm. Whether good or bad. See, sometimes we get stuck in a season because it's bad, and sometimes we get stuck in a season because it's comfortable. And God is saying, I'm calling you out of that. Like, I, 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 if you notice that in, when you watch, when you're not praying, guys, and on your, on your spare time, when you're not praying for the nations, you're, you might be watching Netflix. And if you're a binge watcher, you'll notice once you finish a season, there's a new season, right? Now you have a new season. But have you noticed that in many times in that new season, there's new episodes, there's new titles, there's new characters, and there's also characters that get cut off? See, I think that many times that God has you in a new season... And God is saying, no, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to bring you into a new season, and you're still stuck on season one. But there's something going on in season two. And in order for it to go on in season two, there are new characters that are going to be introduced into your life, but there's also characters that are going to be removed. I'm preaching to four people today. <clears throat> but there's some, <laughs> there's some characters that are being cut off, from your life. They're not being cut off from the kingdom. They're not being cut off from God's love. They're just not for you in this season. And because they're not for you in this season, God is saying, listen, no, no. it's not that that relationship was bad. It's just that I was calling you out of that relationship. It, it, it's not that that job opportunity failed. It's that I was calling you to come out of that situation. It's I, I'm calling you to say bye to certain things in order for you to say hello to everything that I have for you oh no it's not that you were abandoned it was that God was calling you to come out it's not that it didn't work out is that God was calling you to come out it's not that you got fired it's that God was calling you to come out is that God wanted to stay step you into a new season of your life. And he's saying, "Listen, you want to walk into your promised land already, but you need to say good. You need to say goodbye to Egypt." There's some places that God is trying to call you out of. There's some people that God is calling you to come out of. There's some situations that you find yourself in and God is saying, "I'm calling you to come out." But I'm not calling you to come out to destroy you. I'm calling you to come out because I want to give you what your heart truly desires, and it's to step into the promise that I have for you. Corinthians says, the holy writings say, no eye has seen, no ear has ever heard, no mind has ever thought of the wonderful things, my God, my God, of the wonderful things that God has made ready for those who love him. Did you catch that? What God has for you is ready for you. The question is, are you ready for it? So good. So good. He's saying, what I have, the promise is ready for you. The question is, are you ready for the promise? The wonderful things that... No ear has heard, no eye has seen, no mind has thought. They're ready for you. I have them ready for you. They're prepared for you. The question isn't, are they ready for you? The question is, are you ready for it? And in order for you to be ready for it, the first thing I need to tell you, I need to tell one person in this place, come out. You just need to come out. First step, just come out. What is it? You need to come out of the thing that God is trying to pull you from. You know what that thing is. (laughs) You know what that person is. You know what that place is. Pastor, I just need to know. No, you don't need to know. You know. Pastor, I just need some advice. No, you you need to follow your own advice. Because the reason that you're in the situation, the the reason that we're in many of the situations that we're in, is not because we're following our advice. It's because we're being disobedient to ourselves mm mm-hmm. Jane, I need the organ right now because this is everybody shout, come out! come out. Number two, go through. See, see, uh, I wish that when I came out of Egypt, the very next step was my promised land. Don't you, don't you just wish that? Like, all right, God, I came out of Egypt. I'm no longer cursing. I'm no longer in drugs. I'm no longer doing that thing that I used to do with the dang, that thing. Dang, dang. I'm not doing that anymore. I've come out, and so many times we get confused because we think coming out of Egypt is the promised land. Woo! We think that when we come out of Egypt, it's the promised land. And God is saying, No, you actually—if you just settle out of coming out of Egypt, you're only settling. For something less than what I have intended for you. See, coming out is not, is not just the promised land. The very next step, no, no, no. There is a place that is called, that is in between the promise God made and the promise being manifested. There's an in between place between the promise declared and your destiny. So many times we, I want to tell you something, I dare say 90% of God's people live here. And so you have to master the go-through process. You have to master the go-through process. See, because many times we come out and we're saying, we're celebrating and it's okay to celebrate. I think it's, it's splendid to celebrate. I think it's amazing to celebrate that you have been set free. I think that it's amazing to celebrate that you're no longer bound in chains in slavery. But I also think it's important to understand that that is not the destination. That is only the first step. And too many of us celebrate a little too early and stay there and say, well, at least I'm not doing this. Oh, could you imagine last year I was cursing people out. Last year I would have smacked you. Last year I wouldn't even have thrown. But this year I'm doing so much better. And God is saying, man, this is only the first step. This is only the first step to everything that I have for you. This is only the beginning of what I have in store for you. But you need to go through. And the people of Israel, they were, they were going through just to give you some background, they were called out of the land of Egypt and, and they were now in the wilderness over and over and over again. They were in the wilderness. And as we, the Israelites experienced a go-through moment. They were going through, but in their go-through is when the true promise of God was revealed. What I mean, what I mean is that Many times we think the promise is the destination. But when you're in the go-through, you realize the promise is not where you're going. The promise is actually who is going with you. See, because in the wilderness is where they experience, in the go-through is where they experience the love of God. In the go-through that they experience, not this, not this. While they were in Egypt, God was... Mostly a theory. God was mostly a thought. Like, yeah, we, we know that there was a God of Abraham, Isaac, and James. Like, we know, but like, you know, he's, like, where is he now? We've been here for 400 years. Like, what's going on? Like, but when they were in, when they were set free from their bondage, and now they're in the go-through. They're in the tension of, of the promise made and the promise manifested. They're in the go-through. They're in the go-through, they're in the go-through. And in the go-through, God uh, leads them through fire and a cloud. In the go-through, God provides to them manna. In the go-through, there was a Red Sea that was split and they crossed over. And now they are at the edge of their go-through, about to enter their promised land. And they step in a river, the Jordan River. And the Bible says that, he tells Joshua, Joshua, you're going to go through the Jordan. But here's what I want you to do. When you go through the Jordan, I want you to pause in the middle of the river. And I want you to grab 12 stones. And when you get to the other side, here's what I want you to do after you grab those 12 stones. I want you to build a memorial. And when you build that memorial, I want you to make it so that generations will see those stones and they will ask you, what are those stones? Like, why are we walking around with 12 stones as a memorial? What is this about? Now, now, again, if I'm going through a river, I'm not going through the river taking my time. Oh, look at these stones. Like, I'm going through the river because the prompt. And God says, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When you go through the river, I want you to pause. And I want you to grab some stones. And I want you to create a memorial. And look what the scripture says. Then Joshua explained again the purpose of the stones. In the future, he said, when your children ask you why these stones are here and what they mean, you are to tell them that these stones are a reminder of this amazing miracle, that the nation of Israel crossed the Jordan River on a dry ground. Tell them. How the Lord, our God, dried up the river right before our eyes and then kept it dry until we are all across. It is the same thing the Lord did 40 years ago at the Red Sea. I've seen you move. <clears throat> you move the mountains. And I believe. I see you do it again. I want to let you know. I wa- Stop putting reverb on my voice. I know how to sing, man. John's like, let me help you out, pastor. Let me help you out. I seen you move. I I see, come move the mountains. And I believe you'll do it again. See, the first time they did it, they were coming out of something. And when you begin to declare, I'll see you do it again. See, when the first time they did it, they were coming out of something. They were coming out of Egypt. And so now the Red Sea, they were running from something. But I want to let you know, maybe, maybe you're going through the same thing and you're saying, God, I need you to do it again. But the next time you're doing it, it's not because you're coming out of something. It's because you're about to walk into something. He says, tell them, tell them to remember. Tell them to remember. Create a memorial. He, he wants to let God's people know that the promised land wasn't, because here's what's going to happen. They were going to be in a, in a land of milk and honey, the, the, the generations. They were going to be filled in a place. They were going to have everything they wanted. They were in the land of Canaan. They were in the promised land. But they wanted the people, the children to remember, hey, listen, I know that you're, you're chilling out here eating some ginormous grapes. I know. But let me tell you about these stones. And I think that there's a day in our church Where there will be thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that are going to come in. And they're going to be like, wow, this is amazing. But it's built upon stones, upon stones, upon stones of people here at 7 in the morning to set up pipe and drape. Of people here that are saying, I'm going to put up this projector. Of people here that are saying, I'm going to put up this light. Of people here that are saying, listen, I don't know, I'm going to set everything up. Why? Because there's a generation we need to declare this gospel to. So I just think it's a good time to remember as we enter in 2019 that God is going to do some extraordinary things in 2019. But I think that it's a good time to reflect in 2018 what he has done. When I look at the beginning of this year, our annual couples dinner. Can we praise God for that? I mean, I, I thank God. Ronnie and Ruben stood up in this altar and they said next year we're going to make the couples dinner. I see you move. Move the mountains. And Ronnie's engaged. Come on, somebody. I even helped God move that mountain. I was like, God, I'm just going to. We had our baptism earlier this year. We had over 13 people give their life to Jesus and declare their salvation. We had our saturate where we were Uh, evangelizing and we were able to reach 2,673 homes. Come on, can we give God a shout of praise in this room? We had our first ever worship night where about 200 people came into this room and just lifted up the name of Jesus. This year, we also had our Thanksgiving outreach where we were able to bless dozens and dozens, possibly hundreds of families led by Sheila and Fran and this initiative. <laughs> Trisha, what are you doing here? Like, what, you, what happened there? She's on the row. We had our friends and family Potluck, where we had our highest attendance 126 people were able to hear the gospel. We also had our, our, our UCP, United Cerebral Palsy Christmas car- Carol. Did I give you? I didn't, I mean, maybe I didn't send that picture. There it goes. Yes, I did. Can we praise God for that? Come on, just a church going out and singing songs I can't even sing. We had our Heart to Give Day where. I, 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 I love this about our church— Woo. that the largest offering. I, I hear about other churches, and and and, and, and I'm like, God, I, I you know, the promise still stands, because I hear churches, man, you know, our church was we were just you know we were like, and then someone came and wrote a, a two hundred thousand dollar check, but like God, we were just chilling and just we were running low, and someone came and wrote a fifty thousand dollar check, and I'm like. But the largest, checks, the largest check that has ever been written to this church has come from the people in this church. I'm going to be honest. The largest checks that have ever been written have been from the people in this church. And this, this year alone, just in one day, for our heart to give Sunday, we were able to raise 19445 in one day. Can we praise God for that? We've had 55 graduates of our discipleship program, uh, growth track. We have an average of 50 people in community between six groups for community groups. Our dream team grew from 22 volunteers, 22 dream team members. In one year we grew to 33 members serving at least one or two. Come on, can we give God some praise for that? And And it's just amazing what God has done. As we remember these stones and say, God, uh, look what you've done. You just, we couldn't have done it without you, God. Your promise still stands, God. I, I, know, I want everyone to know that while we were in the promised land, when we were in the promised land and there's a generation that's hearing about, oh, they're just walking in and like, oh my God, this is amazing. And, and it's because it was built upon the backs of people that says God's promise still stands. See, it's easy to join the team when you're in the promised land, but when you're in the go-through, you don't know whether you want to join or you don't want to join. And God is saying, "Will you declare the promise still stands. And it started in a home. We were in a home, and we moved from this little living room. Like, this is why I believe God for the impossible. Can you see all those people? No one there is as good-looking as Drew. Nobody. But we got a good-looking worship leader right here. I believe in the impossible. I believe in the God that does the impossible. Because we started in our, in our living room. And this was packed. This was after like a few months. But it started with about four to five people. His promise still stands. We moved into another location that sat about 80 people. This is our location where we sat about 80 people. Look, Maylene, Maylene, trying to hog the mic again. (laughs) The promise still stands. This room sat about 80 people. We packed out this room and our first date in this a year ago in this location. It didn't look like what it looked like today. As you can see, I'm still as good looking as I was a year ago. And, <laughs> and they didn't look that, that first day was, oh, my goodness. That was, <sighs> that was a wreck. That was terrible. We, we didn't know how, we, everything was a mess. Everything was unorganized. Everything, we didn't. But the promise still stands. And these are the stones that we're building on, amen. Last thing, I want, I want to share with you, like, <clears throat> part of our story, that just some key people, I just think that that's just part of our story, that we couldn't, we, that just plays a huge part of our story. And the first person I want to, I, 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 want, I think about is, uh, can we put that up? I don't know if you know this young man, this little kid. Not this little kid. <laughs> you see this little kid, this kid is, this kid is amazing. And I just, I was looking at this little kid, and he's part of our story. Could we go back? Can we go back? No. This, this little young man, and you see Maya, and you see Sayla. and I just think about, I think about when they're 18 years old, and Kuhau has 1,000 people, 2,000, 10,000, five campuses, and I think about here's where they started, this little kid. And he's been around for a long time. And all he knows is this. And I just want to be the kind of church that, listen, when I bring kids to, when, you, when I talk about coming to church, I don't just talk about you. You need to bring your kids to church. If you, listen, I would go to church, even if I didn't like the church, just to bring my kids to church. Because my kids need to know about God when they're inundated with everything and all the mess that's out there. Let me tell you, we need to tell our kids about God. This other young man, you guys already know (laughs) because this young man, this young man, uh, I I, I wish I got to talk about everybody, but I just want to highlight just some things. Just some people that came throughout the journey, and we were in a location where we sat about uh, 70 people or so, and uh, I met this young man working, and and we both left the job that we were in, and I got to see Frank, Frank Tirado. And when he gave his life to the Lord, I have the privilege of saying that I baptized Frank Tirado, because Frank Tirado is going to be a world changer. But just to see his growth and just to see his progress, but not only his growth and his progress, but just the, the instrument that God has used. Many of you that come to this church are because of him. And your life has been changed, and your life has been transformed. Because one young man said yes to Jesus, and he said the promise still stands. I remember uh, we had no musician, and our very first musician, What's this young girl name? <laughs> I'm not crying. It's just the onions on the floor here. <laughs> and Jane came, and I met her on a, on a, on a church that I was preaching at, and she, said I, I, she showed up that next Sunday at our church, and she said, whatever you need, I'm here for you. And she was our very first musician, and she's been playing in our church for the last five years. The promise still stands. Can we give God some praise in this room? I'm going to ask our worship team to come up. To the edge of what would be now the beginning of them stepping into the promised land. They had to conquer a city called Jericho. And the Bible says that Paul, uh, not Paul, God tells... Joshua. Joshua, I want you to go to the city of Jericho and they had, the city of Jericho had these monumental walls. And he says, here's what I want you to do. And he, can you imagine that he's talking to an army? An army that is ready to fight, an army that's ready to destroy, an army that's ready to conquer and, and win the battle. That's what this army was ready to do and God gives him some instructions that are not conducive to soldiers he says here's what I want you to do I want you to just take a walk and walk around the city of Jericho that's all I want you to do and you're gonna walk one lap every single day every day you're gonna come to the city of Jericho with your men, and you're just going to walk around it. And when you're done, you're going to go home. And then you're going to come again, and you're going to go again. And in the second day, you're going to go again. And you're going to give it another lap. But look what he tells him. He says, you're going to do this for seven days, and on the seven days, you're going to go around seven times. And then you're going to shout. And know that this, that the city's already yours. Just do these things. City is mine. Like, do you see those walls? Like, what's okay? I'm gonna go around, but these going around these walls is not gonna help me with the problem I have, which are the walls. We have to get beyond the walls. We have to get over the walls. How are we gonna get through these walls? How are we gonna climb these walls? No, just go around them. And here's where I think many of us crumble. Because we are at the verge of our breakthrough, at the verge of our promised land. And maybe we went around one time. But after one time, you just get tired. All right, God, I did what you said. No, do it again. All right, God, I did it. I I prayed and read read my Bible. I did it. God said, do it again. And if you're you're a Hispanic, you're like... And God is saying, see, sometimes we get so frustrated. Because after we have done what God has told us to do, we don't see him deliver on his promise. And we get frustrated because we think God has reneged. But sometimes the power is just in the repetition. Sometimes the power is in just doing the same thing God told you to do over and over and over again. But Pastor Ro, I've already prayed. Pastor Ro, I've already fasted. Do it again. But Pastor Ro, I'm coming to church every Sunday. Do it again. Pastor Ro, I'm singing the songs. Do it again. See, because you're looking for the obvious, and God's just simply looking for your obedience. And you say, God, but I, I just don't see. God, God I'm going. Or to... God, I'm a soldier. I know about this war stuff. Going around walls is not going to do anything about the problem. God, what are, what are we, like, we look like fools. People are looking at us and they're like, look at them. Why, why, why are they going around the, like, why are they going around the walls? Like, look how silly you look. You should be hustling. You should be grinding. You should be going and taking over these walls. Like, you should be doing something other than just taking a walk. And God is saying, just be faithful to my word. And you're wondering why the obvious, you're wondering why God is not manifesting because you're just focused on the obvious. God. God is saying, don't focus on the obvious. Don't focus what's in front of you. Because even when God's work is not apparent, it doesn't mean that God's will is absent. His work may not be apparent. You might not see the manifestation of his work. You not, may not even see a glimpse of his promise being manifested. Don't wish that at least little bits and pieces of his promise will be given to you. Just give, me, give me a sign, God. Give me a sign. Give me, let me know. God is just saying, don't focus on the obvious. Focus on your obedience. And I think sometimes we like this song. Walking around these walls. I thought by now they fall. Have you felt like that? But you have never failed me. You ever felt like that? God, never let, God, whatever. Like, you know, sometimes we're like, you know, we think our faith looks like this. Look, that's right, God, amen. Sometimes our faith looks like this. All right, God, I'll do it again. (sighs) Waiting for change to come. Knowing the battle's won, but you have never failed me yet. Oh, oh snap. I went around day one and I went around day two, but I have to realize that my day seven is coming. See, you're in a season that it feels like you're going around in circles. I've been in seasons, we are in seasons many times that it just feels like we're doing the same thing over and over. And you know what society has told us? Well, if you're doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, then you're just insane. No, insane is to not do what God has called you to do. That's insane. I'll do this as long, as long as God tells me to do it, I'm going to do it. Why? Because I know my day seven is coming. And you're about to fall short of your day seven because you're in day four. And you've been doing this over and over and over and over again. And you feel like you don't see results. But God is saying, no, listen, my friend. Your day seven is coming. He's never failed us yet. I'm going to ask each of you to bow your heads and close your eyes in this hour, of we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.